What the fuck is up? Welcome back to No Bleeps. It's Spilly. And we are talking about something that you guys have been asking me to talk about all week long since Benji Kroll came out with a statement on what is going on right now between him and JJ and the accusations of grooming that have come out against them made by a 15-year-old boy. This is a serious situation and we definitely are going to break it down entirely because Benji has come out and filmed a 30-minute video titled Clearing Things Up. We need to break down everything that is going on. It's so important that you guys get a trigger warning before I even get into any of the nitty-gritty details that Benji talks about. And then we're also going to be breaking it down from the very beginning if none of you guys know about what is going on. Now, I do want to say that Benji is 19 years old for any of you that are not aware of who these two are. JJ is 18 years old and the two of them were dating at the moment. They are not because the situation just got very, very, very out of hand and it's very clear that they probably will not even be on speaking terms because of how the situation has transpired. We're going to start it off from the very beginning. These two, Benji and JJ, were dating, and when they were together during their time, there was a thread that came out. It was at the very end of August, and an anonymous Twitter account came out with this very, very large thread. So trigger warning, we're talking about grooming. The beginning of this Twitter thread, I'm going to read the entire thing so you guys know exactly what has been going on and then all the responses to follow leading up to how we are in this very moment. The anonymous Twitter account said, Benji and JJ groomed me a 15-year-old minor. Benji and JJ were one of the first gay couples I'd seen receive so much support. I looked up to them and took inspiration from their TikTok videos. They were highly praised and I loved how they were just themselves. They helped me come into my sexuality and feel more comfortable with myself. When they started to show an interest in me, I was starstruck by the fact that I was becoming friends with my idols. However, their social media fame blinded me and I didn't realize how they took advantage of me until talking about my experience with close friends in July and August 2020. Following these conversations, I went through my text messages with Benji and JJ and felt disgusted with myself until I realized that none of this was my fault. I understand that they may be some of your favorite people and this could be hard to believe, but please be open-minded and listen to what I have to say before attempting to disprove my claims. In February 2020, JJ sent me a screenshot from him and Benji's FaceTime. It was a live photo of Benji jerking off while he was at the gym. He also sent me a close-up live photo of the tip of Benji's penis. I was caught off guard and asked why JJ had sent those photos to me, a 15-year-old. I also asked if Benji was aware of him sending these photos to me. JJ defended himself by saying he sent it to me because it was hot. 
Later, I told Benji about what happened and all he said was OMG before changing the conversation. And then the anonymous Twitter accounts that they didn't have a screenshot of this incident, but later on said on March 22nd, 2020, I was on FaceTime with JJ. He was encouraging me to jerk off. I asked him why and he said this was a common occurrence, a normal thing guys did together as friends and that pleasure is pleasure. He said all of this despite knowing I was 15 and then it says here's a screenshot of my FaceTime call log. I had already deleted and blocked their numbers, which is why no contact name. 34 is the area code in Spain. On March 23rd, 2020, JJ sent a photo of me to Benji. It was from a high angle and I was sticking my tongue out to be humorous. The caption JJ put under the photo is completely inappropriate to say about a minor. Same with Benji's response. I had no idea how to respond to that and was left speechless. The following screenshot shows me talking about what just happened with a friend. Here's another screenshot from March 23rd, 2020 of me texting my friend about being on FaceTime with both Benji, JJ, and JJ's numerous sexual references in front of me a minor. On March 24th, Benji and JJ offered to jerk off in front of me a minor over FaceTime. I was curious, so I said yes. The entire time I hid all but the top of my face and turned off my microphone because I was afraid to make a sound. After both of them orgasm, Benji asked if this had made me uncomfortable. I lied and said no and ended the call shortly after sitting there in awkward silence. Despite Quote, allowing this to happen, I cannot totally consent as a minor. Here are the screenshots of our call log again, and it's screenshot of me texting my friend about how uncomfortable this interaction made me. It should have been a red flag to me. They were aware with one another that they've both contacted me sexually. It made me question if they were in an open relationship or if I was just someone to interact with when they needed to sexually pleasure themselves. They both reassured me on multiple occasions that they were okay with, quote, talking to me and that their relationship was great. On June 5th, 2020, Benji added me on Snapchat and sent me nudes. They then said, it was normal for me, a teenager, to feel an attraction to adults. However, it is the adult's responsibility to set boundaries and stop a child from acting on their attraction. This is not what happened with Benji and JJ. They took advantage of my friendship and exploited and coerced me, a minor, into doing what they wanted for sexual pleasure. They used their power as an influencer to manipulate me into doing what they wanted because our feelings were mutual. I knew what I was doing and because I wanted it. Looking back at all this, it was very easy to be manipulated by someone older than you. There is a very big difference maturity-wise between people who are 15 and people who are 18 and 19 years old. A lot of people's true colors have been showing and it's hard to know who to trust anymore. However, always believe the victims first. I would never make up allegations just for the sake of, quote, canceling someone. That would be very hurtful to other victims. False allegations play a role in discrediting real allegations and instill more fear than those who want to come out with their story. Many groomers like Benji and JJ are never called out and get away with their crimes. Shortly after this Twitter thread went public, Benji made a immediate response and then later followed up with a longer response, which we will read later. But the anonymous person that posted this Twitter thread responded to Benji by adding this to the thread. Benji reached out to me through a friend, quote, because I blocked his number. 
with a short paragraph apologizing to me six hours ago. However, I do not accept his apology, even though he admitted to grooming me in his Twitter apology. He claimed that everything was a lie other than the FaceTime call. Many people are taking his word for it, despite him initially lying about the allegation. He did not show any proof, call logs, or texts to deny any of the evidence I presented in the thread. We had multiple sexual encounters. It was not just the one FaceTime call. On the other hand, George has been completely silent and has not reached out to me. So in regards to Benji's response to the entire Twitter thread, at first, Benji said right when the thread came out, he said, I'm hearing that some very serious claims are being made against me. And from what I know, I can say that it's not true. Accusations like these are not to be taken lightly. Please know that any rumors you are hearing are not true. Sorry that it's taken a while for me to address it. I'm still processing it and figuring it out. George is also asleep. He later came out with a very long, long statement that said, I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear something and are very confused and that a lot of you don't understand why it's taken so long. The reason it's taken so long is because I tried to kill myself. I was in the hospital and I've been recovering and trying to piece everything together. I'm not trying to gain sympathy points from telling you this. I'm just giving the real explanation you all deserve for being late to responding. The reason for me trying was due to a lot of things building up and not directly because of this. It's not the first time. From what you've heard about what we've done, I know for a fact a part of it is true. The FaceTime, before it happened, I told George it was wrong. I was very uncomfortable with it. I asked the other person if they were okay with it, which I knew was a mistake as it wasn't their place to decide. I know it was extremely wrong and in no way am I trying to excuse anything because it should have never occurred either way. And I apologized to the affected person after it happened and felt horribly about it ever since. I just felt so pressured by George into doing it. However, I still take full responsibility for my own actions. I don't even know the full story because George knows everything else, but I have no way of finding the rest out. I woke up in the hospital alone and not knowing where he was. I currently only know he left me, and I assume he went back to his own home, which is hours away. He has only briefly spoken to me and has no intentions of seeing me anytime soon. I don't really understand everything that's going on, but I know that any other allegations involving me are completely false. I've never done anything like this before and will never be doing anything like this again. I'm not sure why anyone would want to make things up in a situation like this. I don't want to invalidate what the affected person has said. I'm just telling you what I know is true. There is also a lot of other people trying to take advantage of the situation and anything coming from anyone else is also completely false. I know some of you may be confused by me denying everything at first and that's because there was a huge amount of untruth being spread and I was very confused. I wish I could speak to George about all of this, but I've been left in the dust. I love him so much and I really do care about him. I just don't think it's best for us to continue being together. I hope he can get the help he needs and maybe in the future I will be able to figure everything out him and that he can make his own statement. I would also have made a video explaining everything, but I physically cannot, so this is why I have written it. I will make sure to improve myself and not let myself feel the need to do anything that would make me feel uncomfortable just to make someone else happy ever again. I'm extremely sorry to the victim and I hope they are doing okay. I know none of this should have ever happened and that there's nothing I can do to fix it but work on bettering myself and piecing everything together and I hope everyone can respect their privacy. I will be taking a break from social media to recuperate mentally and get some help. I'm extremely sorry to anyone affected by this whole situation and I hope you know that I appreciate and love all of you. I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm just trying to tell you 
all everything I know. And if anyone sending hate or harmful messages to my friends could stop, I would really appreciate none of them are deserving of it. Again, I'm not looking for sympathy considering everything. I still made my own decision to be a part of it. And I admit it was a horrible mistake that I regret completely when I return from my break. If I return, I will make sure it will be when I'm ready and able to talk about everything. I never want anyone to experience something like this. And I will be sure to show that I stand against it completely. I ask everyone to please as well learn from the situation and know that if you know something is wrong, stand against it completely and refuse to take part no matter what the pressure being put against you. So... A lot of people have said that following this statement, the victim later came out and said that this was something that was really truly between JJ and him and less about Benji. And since then, Benji has come out with a video on his YouTube channel, like I said at the beginning of this, that was 30 minutes long where he explains that JJ and him were obviously dating and JJ had met someone on TikTok. And that was who the victim is, someone that was on TikTok. And I guess it was like a pretty mildly known TikToker who was 15 years old, but was saying that they were 16 and where Benji and JJ live, they live in Spain. The legal age of consent is 16. So they thought it was okay because this person was 16 years old. When in reality, this person was 15 years old. I'm really telling you guys, these influencers need to be checking for IDs. Like seriously, everyone needs to be checking for IDs. You're, you're meeting someone in the DMs, you need to see an ID. Seriously, this is how we're going to be avoiding issues like this. We need to check the identification. Show me proof of your date of birth because this is not okay. The amount of times I've heard this year in 2020 alone that, oh, they lied about their age. Oh, they told me that they were this age and that I believe them and that was okay because that age is legally allowed for us to be talking or sending each other photos or whatnot. I'm like, you guys need to be checking for IDs. Your team needs to be checking for IDs. Your friends need to be checking for IDs because these situations could be avoided if you for real get some identification, but kids will lie. It is on you to make sure that the people you are talking to are of legal age. Seriously, you got to do it just as an influencer or as anyone in general, just to keep yourself safe. Seriously. But going back to the video that Benji posted addressing all of this, Benji basically explains his side of the story saying that JJ had texted him to be in a sexual group FaceTime with this person that he had met on TikTok. And Benji had originally said no, and George was angry with him. And he was completely uncomfortable with the entire situation. And he thought it was okay because the person was 16 years old, but he was still super uncomfortable with it. And he says that during the entire phone call, he was uncomfortable. And that the person that was on the FaceTime call was really into Benji. Like he was really into Benji. And when Benji apologized about the FaceTime call, this person began to talk to him very sexually and ended up being the ultimate reason why Benji got blocked from this person because Benji did not want to further the relationship or further the communication and speak sexually back to this person. And this person that was 15, uh, Benji is saying in his YouTube video that this person was sending him unsolicited nude photographs and that he did not want to receive these photos from the person that he thought was 16 but was 15 
And it was truly all this big, 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 big situation because JJ had met this person. This person was really into Benji and Benji was not into it, but he was ultimately down because the person that he cared about, whom was JJ, was into the situation. So this is a big mess. It is very, very, very tricky. And Benji has talked about speaking with a lawyer about the situation. And that is pretty much why he was able to make the statement because he's consulted people about this situation. And he really wanted to get his side out there that this anonymous person was the one that was very flirty and sexual towards him and that this person really wanted to be friends with Benji. And Benji was just not about it at all. And basically this person in Benji's story, his side, his YouTube video, had come up with this big, big story because he felt rejected from the advances he was making towards Benji. And this is just a situation that I think a lot of people can learn from. It is very messy. Like I'm saying, you guys, people need to be checking IDs. These influencers need to be checking IDs because I don't even have the words. Like when I first heard about the story, I really thought that they were using their fame to talk to people that they met online and knew their age and was aware of their age. And that's definitely how you avoid the situation is by checking IDs. This is just Oh my gosh. I think everyone just needs to be a little bit more careful when you're an influencer or you're talking to someone because I just feel like we're hearing about allegations left and right this year and it could entirely be avoided and it just makes me sick. So as of right now, that's pretty much all I know about the situation. Obviously, Benji and JJ are no longer together. I have not heard anything from JJ at all. I don't think he's going to be speaking on this at all. I really just don't see it. He hasn't said anything at all, you guys, since this entire story has come out. But I know you guys are very closely watching it. And a lot of people that have commented on Benji's video are really saying, you know, he's innocent. He's finally telling his side of the story. He's clear to the situation. Um, I really don't know in terms of the law, what if he's actually cleared. I know he's saying, you know, I was the one that received these unsolicited photographs. Like, I did not want to do these things. And basically saying, like, you know, guys, I'm not a creep. But in terms of, like, the law, this person isn't actually the legal age of consent in Spain. He is 15, not 16. And Benji did admit to participating in those FaceTime calls. So I don't think that legal action could actually be pursued unless the person that is 15 years old pursues legal action themselves but that's pretty much just what I'm aware of and as of right now what I'm seeing from everyone in terms of any updates from the victim is that they are saying that this is mostly on JJ and that Benji's name is cleared. That is the situation I am aware of in this very moment. It is crazy you guys but 
I hope you guys are a little bit more up to speed on that entire situation and I'm going to move into something that is on a way later note. We're going to step into the Q&A portion of the podcast and I've got some great questions here that I have gotten from you guys and I'm excited to get into this Q&A. So the first question that I have is something that I saw that I... I don't know what struck a chord with me. Someone said, do you think making drama videos changed you into a negative person? And I honestly don't think so. I honestly don't think that I'm a super negative person, but I can get how me making drama videos could seem like I'm a negative person because I'm always talking about things that are very problematic. But I feel like me making drama videos has really opened my eyes to seeing all sides. Like, I really try my absolute best to not just say this person did this and they are bad. Like I really try to look at maybe why they're doing it and the reasoning behind it, what they're going through in their life and how they can get out of the situation. It really forces me to look at everything that's going on. Like this Tana situation. Everyone is upset at her for her microaggressions. Everybody wanted her to apologize. She's been going out and partying during a pandemic. And that's obviously so bad. All of that is so bad. Of course, she should apologize. But doing this drama channel for so long, I'm starting to really open my eyes to think, why is she avoiding this? Well, she's actually doing really well on OnlyFans and it's really successful for her. So I think she feels like she doesn't need to be on YouTube anymore. And also she's, you know, making all this money. She's super successful. She's hanging out with her friends all the time. Everyone around her is treating her really awesome. She feels like she doesn't need to appease all these haters because everyone around her currently is enough for her. She doesn't need any more like appreciation or anything because the people that are around her are good enough for her. So I don't know. I don't think I'm a negative person. I think I can really try and see like a person's whole situation and try and understand some stuff. And I mean, even during really hard times like when you're reporting on Shane Dawson as terrible and disgusting as a lot of the things that came out about him I was still super hurt I was disappointed I loved Shane at a point in time and I felt just sad as like a former fan of Shane Dawson and just yeah I mean I'm not always like, oh my gosh, I hate this person. Like, I hope their career's ruined. Like, no, that's not it. Like, when I hear things, I'm like, oh my God, like, why is this happening? Or when sad things happen or really bad drama happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is honestly so crazy. And I want to talk about it because none of my friends are into YouTube and I need to talk about it with someone. <laughs> and. I'm honestly feeling sad when people are getting canceled and I feel bad. Obviously, there are times when people really do need to learn a lesson, but I just think that people should be able to be given the opportunity to learn. I'm not like negative Nancy, we need to ruin people's lives. Like, that's just not it. Like, that's there's no need for ruining people's lives. Like, I think people should be given the chance to learn and stuff. And I really do try my best to give it from both the stand side of things and also what a lot of the majority is currently upset about in a certain situation and really try to come up with ways of how the person can get out of a certain situation, what they can do to really come back and, you know, apologize or fix the situation or if it's something going wrong in a business, try and find a way to get a message out like we're working on it or we're really trying to improve this or I don't know. I just feel like 
attacking someone without giving advice or showing how to improve things is definitely super negative and i try to paint a full picture of this is not good but maybe you could try doing this so i hope you guys don't think i'm a negative person i really do try to be like super understanding to everyone and everyone's situations and hope that everyone can like change and become the best version of them and yeah i really do try to make it positive in some way someone else said I'd love to know your experience working with slash for YouTube. For example, do you have a contact at YouTube? Do they communicate well between you and the company? Is there much of a community between creators behind the scenes as there seems to be? And do you think the majority of video content creators will still be using YouTube as their primary platform in 10 years? 10 years is a long time. I hope I'm still on YouTube. I hope a lot of people that I watch are still on YouTube because I love this platform. But in terms of my experience being a YouTuber, um, I don't have a contact at YouTube. It's honestly really hard to get in touch with YouTube and they don't communicate with us at all. It's very hard <laughs> to get into contact with anyone. As far as like there being a community, I think in the sections of YouTube, like if you're a vlogger, you might know other vloggers. And if you're in the beauty community, you're gonna know other people in the beauty community. Just like how I know other people in the drama community. I mean, I know some beauty gurus, but that's just because of drama. <laughs> so I definitely think that people know of each other because of social media, but that definitely doesn't have to do with YouTubers. I do think that a lot of friendships form because a lot of YouTubers go to events and stuff and then they meet and then they actually hang out. And then there's a big group of people that obviously live in the same place and the same state and the same area and they all hang out and are actually real friends. Because when you do the same thing as other people, you're just going to click. That's just how it works. Like when you have something in common, it's really easy to form a friendship. But in terms of YouTube doing any of that for us, not really. Not That's not really the case. Someone else said, what side of TikTok are you on? And honestly, you guys, at first, when I first downloaded the app, I was like, I don't get the hype. Like, I don't like this. This is not it. I don't like these dances. These dances are hard. And now you guys, I love my For You page. It's like, entrepreneurs it's like investing diy home decor food i'm so about it i love my for you page um so i don't see any dancing i don't see any of that it's really just like small businesses people that make stickers <laughs> and a lot of home decor diy stuff because i'm so into diy home decor and amazon secrets like secret products on Amazon. Oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed with finding out like the best products. And also something else that I've recently got into that has been showing up on my For You page is safety hacks. I'm a girl, so I'm obviously super on high alert whenever I'm out and about or I'm just like in my car or I'm at home or whatever. I'm like, always thinking of the best ways that I can be protecting myself and I started to see a lot more things being recommended to me on how to stay safe in life in general and they were like if you buy a house the best thing to keep on your doorstep is like an old pair of boots um, because it makes them seem like there's like a man at home which is ugh, gross and stereotypical that you know someone would go to a house and be like oh there's a man here like let me not break in but if there's a no shoes then like it's a girl that lives here like let me break in like ugh, it's so annoying but it was a good safety tip that it's like a dirty used looking pair of boots at the front door and then also like a beware of dog sign 
um, they said home security, but I was seeing that some people in the comments were saying that the home security signs that you could keep in the front of your house like don't actually work if someone was planning on breaking in but the beware of dog sign the boots i'm here for it there's also like this door stop situation that you can get these things you can put in the door to like extra secure it the best places to hide your like super special personal belongings or money or anything like there's fake books that you can have i mean i don't have any of this stuff you guys but i just literally saw some of these tiktoks today and i was like these are some really dope tips like some seriously dope tips i was super about it like this this is the stuff that I'm here for on this platform like people just being there for each other and helping others and they were saying uh, don't leave any sort of like item in your car that has your personal information on it and don't leave things like on the floor just because like if there's nothing in the car it looks really clean there's nothing to really steal so people are gonna be less inclined to try to break into your car and I've really been keeping that mindful. Like, I really used to have the dirtiest car. Like, my backseat used to be, like, a closet. I used to have so much stuff back there. But now my car is clean. You can see everything just by looking into it. And everything, I mean nothing. There's nothing in the freaking car. I don't keep anything in there because there's just no... Except for, like, masks. Okay, but... Yeah, I just try to really keep that in mind because everything just freaks me out. I'm like always on high alert. And also, I want to get one of those confidentiality like roller things that I've been seeing on TikTok that people have been buying that if you like mail that has personal information on it, you can just like roll this stamp on it and it will just cover up your personal information before you throw it out if you don't have a shredder because I don't have a shredder and I definitely need this little roller ink confidentiality thing so i've definitely been on a good side of tiktok that's been keeping me safe and aware and educated about things that i need to just know and yeah i know there's like a bunch of different sides of tiktok it's honestly crazy to think that there's so many different sides and that there's so much to see on there i definitely want to know what side of tiktok that you guys are on because i know there's just like so much stuff Honestly, though, my high-key favorite TikToker is this one girl that works as a flight attendant, and she does little days in her life, and it's just so fascinating to me, the life of a flight attendant. Anyways, I'm <laughs> rambling on about random stuff on TikTok now, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A lot of you guys were asking me to talk about Benji's video, and... I knew that I needed to because of the fact that this topic was my first ever podcast. I also just want to say thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. And thank you, thank you for supporting the YouTube channel that I made for this podcast. It means the absolute world to me that I can like see your comments about the podcast and actually reply to them because before I like couldn't really reply to you guys. And if you guys have a question that you want featured on the podcast, I made a Twitter account. It's called at no bleeps pod and you can DM me questions. You can leave a comment on the YouTube channel, no bleeps and ask me anything that you might want featured on the podcast or you can email me. It's going to be in the description, but I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye guys.